0: Welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Designs Podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul. Today, I've got Jason Dick. He's a senior applications engineer for MTU Onsite Energy. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, alternate technologies, alternate energy methodologies, just better ways of managing energy, heating things. And, well, I'll, I'll let uh, Jason talk about it. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hello. Good to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here because, well, our, our community is always interested in ways to either save energy or use alternate energy to eliminate energy usage or minimize energy usage or better command methodologies to make it more efficient. Uh, what does MTU do in this space to add their value?
1: Well, MTU is a global manufacturer of, Diesel and gas powered gen sets. So uh, generator sets that provide electrical power, which we all consume every day, uh, and doing it with uh, producing that power with diesel engines and uh, natural gas engines.
0: Now, the thing is is that obviously no amount of uh, solar and no amount of thermal and no amount of other alternate technologies are going to replace gas and other uh, fuel generated power in every application space what are you doing to make that power as efficient as effective as useful to the to the uh, facility or the municipality or the utility as possible?
1: Uh, well our systems uh, are internal combustion engines so they're governed by the EPA at least in North America uh, and so we're always striving to make, as clean and as efficient of machines as possible and a typical application for our machines is in standby power so in instances where buildings uh, or consumers can't afford to be without power uh, that's a lot of our customer base and that's the kind of people that uh, come looking for our type of equipment and in some cases they rely on our equipment for extended periods of time and so efficiency and fuel efficiency become uh, important parts of their uh, design study. And so efficiency in that way, uh, making our engines as efficient as possible and as green as possible is a big part of what we do.
0: Right. Now, when you think about it also, um, there are other methodologies that you can use. For example, I understand you recently did something in Ohio with – a um, combined heat and power system.
1: That's right. Combined heat and power is uh, based on a gas system, a natural gas uh, powered gen set, but then it also takes all the waste heat from the engine and the generator and reuses that. Uh, The thing about internal combustion engines like the ones that we have in our cars, uh, they don't use all the energy that's in the fuel source uh, very efficiently. Uh, they might be something like 40 to 50 percent efficient at using the power and turning that, or using the energy from the fuel and turning that into power. And so, what the combined heat and fuel uh, cogeneration plants do is they recapture that heat coming off in the form of the exhaust uh, air. Temperature is quite hot, so they take some of the heat off of that, um, as well as the cooling jacket water, uh, like in your radiator in your car. That just uh, gets cooled and dumped overboard and in these co-generation plants they recover that heat and use it for uh, hot water for the building or for heating um, what kind of
0: efficiencies can we get or is it since it's like water so more of an on-demand side of the house it's kind of hard to put an actual number on it but what kind of efficiencies can
1: roughly expect it uh, over 90%. So, if you take the energy that is coming into the, the system in the form of fuel, uh, they can turn uh, over 90% of that into usable energy. See, and, and now that's a very, very elegant way to use this
0: power technology, internal combustion technology, because I'm one of those that believe we need to use all of the different technologies for their best potential application spaces. So this type of a system, a co-generation system, heat power and heat, that would suit almost any uh, mid to large size
1: facility, right? Yeah, it could. Uh, you're, you're using, yeah, like we said, a lot of the energy that you feed into the system, you're getting back out of the system. Uh, our colleagues in Europe, um, they install quite a few more of these systems than we have uh, so far in the U.S. or in North America. I think a lot of the reason for that is because in Europe they have a higher energy cost than we have, especially in the form of uh, electricity. Uh, so as we see our electrical costs rise and as we see more pressure for moving away from things like coal-fired plants, um, then I think the, the drive for that here in North America will become greater. Well,
0: I agree. I agree as well. Now, quick question. Can it work off of – well, I mean, it's a turbine, right? So it could work off of any combustible uh, gas or fluid. So you could use it, say, for example, on a large farm facility and use methane or a trash facility and use – well, methane again, I gather. But you know what I mean? In other words, uh, running it off of
1: biogenerated fuels. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, There's plants um, all over the the world – that we have that uh, are working on just that, so especially in the case of a farmer that has uh, a big bio source of energy, uh, now he's got nearly free fuel, and so then the cost of the equipment is much easier to amortize that uh, because you're not paying for the fuel. Uh, So now you're discounting the cost of maintenance and um, the initial purchase cost of the equipment, you've basically got free energy.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, Jason, what about, what about uh, cogeneration on the other side of the house? I'm, I'm starting to hear, in the, especially in the developing world, of uh, solar gas cogeneration plants using the gas, or you sh- I, I should say using the solar to ride out the gas, because I would imagine, depending upon um, sun's activity, it may come out to, to be slightly in favor of the gas, or might even be an even split, but the bottom line is, is that you're using both technologies – To maximize the benefits of both technologies.
1: Um, Yeah, in solar we are not as active. Uh, The gas systems, you know, are driven from a a internal combustion engine. They're typically diesel-based engines um, that have been right. But I mean, I'm seeing. But what we're what what I am seeing is our, our our combined plants
0: now where they're using solar to supplement the gas generators and it's co-located in the same energy producing facility.
1: Sure, I think that's one of the challenges of these um, alternative methods of producing power is the sun's not always shining, the wind's not always blowing. Uh, You might not always have a uh, ready supply of gas, so Mm -hmm. mixing some of these technologies together uh, gives you a way to kind of guarantee your your power uh, output agreed agreed jason so um, what
0: kind of support do you give uh people that come to you for your solutions for their facilities do you have engineers that go on site with them do, what kind of uh support
1: do you provide yeah for this cogeneration product uh it it is a little bit more sophisticated uh system because you have to balance uh both the electrical needs and whatever kind of heating needs uh or hot water needs the facility has. So you've got to balance all those different needs in one uh, cogeneration plant. And so typically we would have some engineering team go out to a site and uh, discuss the application, get some figures on uh, what exactly the needs are of the customer, and then design a system around that, and then, of course, after-sales support for installation, commissioning, and uh, uh, maintenance needs would all be there through our normal distribution channels. Well, I think that's also important because
0: obviously you, unless you've got the support, a lot of people might be wary of going into uh, something that, which to them would be a, you know, a strange way or a do, different way of uh, serving their facilities.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh Support after the sale is, is critical. If your equipment breaks down, you have no way to, to fix it. Um, that's obviously an issue. But uh, MTU has got a global presence around the world, uh, distributors uh, all over the states, and uh, service personnel that are that are ready to to take care of those systems. Well, there you go. Um, and what
0: is your website where people can get some more information?
1: Uh, we can be found at www.mtuonsightenergy.com. Great. Now, Jason, I always give my guests the opportunity to have the last word in the
0: podcast. So whether it's uh, something more about you, your uh, solutions offerings or about the company or just some tips you have about the market, the floor is yours.
1: Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I would say that uh, if you're looking at this type of application, uh feel free to get in touch with someone because, like we said, there's an awful lot to it, and uh, we've got people that would be more than happy to uh, talk to you about your application and how we can fill your needs in that way. Great. So, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to be
0: with us. Uh, Power and energy is a big space, and I like to have people from as many different facets of the industry come and talk on the show as often as possible. So I really appreciate you coming by.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: The pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Pauls for Paulcon Power. Have a great day.